Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here, after a bumper weekend of Six Nations, Premiership, um, what other rugby was going on this weekend? Super Rugby. Super Rugby, yeah. Women's Rugby, Tier 2 Six Nations Rugby, Sevens Rugby. Vets Rugby. Vets Rugby. (laughs) Uh, Disby Talk H Rugby. Disby Talk H Rugby happened as well. Uh, Where's where's your bell gone? I don't know. Where has it gone? JB's right there. Hello, Timothy. Have you not gone synthetic, Bell? Yeah, I have. I'm trying to Phil's right there as well. Hello, Tim. Right, uh, you can find us at Rugby Podcast. We're currently streaming on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, go and subscribe there and and all the other places you know the score. So, the way we're going to work this week's podcast is we're going to do two... You just turned me off. Sorry. I can't hear myself. Can you, can you hear yourself now? Yes, va- faintly. There you go. Now? Yeah, that's better. No? Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I like, I like this sort of producing on the fly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real professional. <laughs> so we're going to do two podcasts this week, and it's not going to be split international and domestic. It's going to be split on field and off field because there's all sorts of things going on with the, with the salary cap, with the, with the World League proposal that came through from World Rugby. So we're going to cover all of that off in an, like a boardroom pod, podcast. Oh, the boardroom podcast. But this is the dugout podcast. Nice. nice. After after the weekend's rugby. So, uh, obviously, we're going to start with the Six Nations. Uh, no, actually, let's not start with the Six Nations. I want to start by just uh, mentioning Philip, who played his first game of rugby this weekend. How'd in, you go, Phil? In 18 months. But yeah, first first since New York, New Jersey. Yeah, so I was about since to the say bombers. this. Like, first time you've been out for, for a while. Phenomenally talented rugby player. But, much like the great Owen Farrell... Needs a hard man to hold his hand. Now, in, in New Jersey, you were fine, because obviously I played 12. There was a hard man um, alongside me. Yeah. How did you get on without me? Were you okay? Uh, well, Lee Lloyd was there. Oh. He's, he's quite hard. But also, Tim Cocker. Tim, me, and, me and Tim actually made up a back two at one stage due to injuries and shortage of numbers. Why? How many How many? There was 14 again? players on the pitch at that time. On the pitch? And, uh, and, sorry. sorry. <laughs> 28 players on the pitch. Right, right, 14 right, right. for and, each team. Yeah, and, uh, and the... There was no one else that could fill it at the back, so I did the banners job and uh, slotted in auxiliary winger. People don't realise how valuable I am in these situations. <laughs> so, yeah, Phil did all right. So we played against uh, Withenshaw. Uh, I think they scored five or six tries in the match. Uh, Phil, on his own, scored five tries. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, there, was a, there was a couple of times when I was busting my lungs to keep up alongside Phil as he ran it in. I thought he might at least, after four, he might just ship it me so I can have one. Sorry, I wanted to hit five. I was hoping to get ten. But uh, once again, once again, the concept of Friday Night Vets Rugby is brilliant. I know, I was gutted to miss it. I was absolutely gutted. But I had duties to be done at Sail Sharks, so uh, I went there to interview... AJ in the Sharky, uh, and then I watched the game in a rather unusual place, not unusual for, you know, a lot of people, but unusual for me, which is in the gantry. Never been there before, didn't even know it existed. It's massive. The gantry up at the top for, right for cameras. Top. Yeah, you've got to keep going, keep going, keep going. Awesome. And then you find it, and it's absolutely amazing. So, uh, yeah, I watched the game there. Uh, just me and AJ. Could not be more perfect. <laughs> Romantic. Can- candle. Candle. Yeah, well, so we could see the Leicester Tigers coaching staff. So up there was some comms guys who I'm not sure who they were, and there were Leicester, Leicester Tigers. I can tell you at the end of that game they looked they looked visibly shaken to me. They looked like um, yeah, it hasn't been a good week for Leicester Tigers. We will come on to that in a little bit, but let's let's start with the rugby. And uh, we have we have had a bunch of good questions come in uh, to at Rugby Podcast. Uh, let me start with this one: Should Wales win the Grand Slam? Will this be the worst side to have won a Grand Slam? Or the best side? I mean, it depends which way, which way you look at this. So let's rewind the clock to five weeks ago. No, further away than that. When did it first start? Like seven weeks ago now? First, first game week, first week in February. Yeah, so we're reviewing this, and I think we might have said this is the most competitive Six Nations that we have seen. Yeah. England looks stacked. 100%. France, well... Okay. We know they've got talent. Yeah. Some uh, back them more than I mean, others. Ireland coming in this were the best team in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scotland were doing things. Yeah. Scotland had, say, didn't have all the injuries they did. They do right now. Exactly. And everyone was saying Wales are the dark horses. Yeah. So no matter what happens, I mean, if Wales win this, they are not the best team in the Six Nations. But they're the best coach. They're the most canny. They're, they're the cleverest. It might be the best Grand Slam, but it's not the best team to win a Grand Slam. Yeah, I could I could go with that. I, I think you kind of highlighted it uh, in the wake of the England game. The man-on-man Wales and England, England probably have more talent, but the way that that Wales team have played and the way they play together, they are a hell of a team. Yeah, you don't you don't win thirteen uh, international rugby games on the bounce. You don't go four out of four in the Six Nations. Oh, oh dear Phil, ooh, steady without being a very very good team. Yeah. Uh, and to to give some context to where Zippy Chuck, who sent us this uh, tweet, so at Rugby Podcast, uh, he said after saying, "Will will this be the the worst ever Grand Slam team if Wales were to get one? Four tight wins, zero bonus points." And I will add to that another stat, which is that Scotland have the lowest number of tries in the tournament. Oh, the next lowest is Italy, which you might expect. Yep, and Wales, mm. who have the same number of tries. Which that so it is saying it is surprising that mm. top and bottom of the Six Nations both have the same number yeah, of tries. Four, but then, four, four wins and four defeats. But is it not a little bit like Floyd Mayweather having a very limited amount of knockouts? I mean, he they just get the job done. It doesn't really matter how it gets done. Well, so yes, if Wales win the thing, um, if they don't win the thing, so Wales losing out on a bonus point win against Italy could end up costing them. Yeah. So not being able to to score four tries against what we kind of 
well, certainly after this weekend, we know is not a great Italy team uh, who were well and truly put to the sword by England. That's that's not great. They've not got a single bonus point and they have looked... So this weekend, they looked very good. The two tries that they scored, they took them really well. They had more opportunities than that that when they had good attacking ball and overlaps and two in particular where George North crashed it in and one where Jake Ball crashed it in instead of using hands and one in the second half where uh, I think it was bigger a bigger pass to Josh Adams went down so they and not the try they did score to Josh Adams was a forward pass and shouldn't uh, should have been ruled out as such yeah yeah so so I'm not trying to yeah. I'm not trying to take the shine off of what is uh, what has been oh, four fan, like fan, yeah. ground out wins particularly yeah, yeah. particularly the, the game against England they really really ground Here's that one out a question for you right I know, I know what you're going to say. I'm not sure I, I would say the same thing. The, the new wingers, I mean, he's not that new anymore, but he's sort of still new. Who would you rather have in, in your team if you were picking it tomorrow? Josh Adams or Joe Cock and a singer? Interesting question. That is a tough question. Because we, we'll come on to the England game in a bit, yeah. but Joe Cock and a singer was at fault for both of yes. the, the England s- tries. Yes, Phil. And people are talking him up yes. like he is the there second coming. Yeah, 100%. About- oh, my God. I, I'm Phil. Yeah, I, I knew I could rely on Phil to bring that. Exactly. I've been talking about the deficiencies of Joe Cock and a singer for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, and I and I've, and I've watched the game yesterday, and there's no doubt him him rampaging forward with the ball in one hand. You can the take, offload. You can take the boy out of Fiji, but you can't take the Fiji out of the boy. Uh, it was it, It's phenomenal to watch the little out of the back of the yeah. hands offload. But, yeah, both Italy, uh, both Italy's tries... Where where he should have been misread the situation yep. and found himself out of position. So, right, you can say Josh Adams, but another question is Jack Knoll or Josh Adams, Jack Knoll <laughs> or Joe Thocken, a singer. Um, oh, Jack Knoll, and also probably, and, probably yeah, yeah, or Chris Ashton, yeah, or, or Alex Lewington. <laughs> Maybe not Lewington. No, definitely Alex Lewington. <laughs> definitely. And there was a Josh Adams's try, the step. Oh my word! Yeah, there, there was an element of Anthony Watson about that, th- which is who England might have had on their right wing had everybody been fit. I think Anthony Watson's a good one here because I sort of thinking it's not Shane Williams, it's not jinky enough for Shane Williams, it's not quite steppy enough for um, Jason Robinson. It's yeah. sort of it's something slightly different. Like, Anthony would uh, not to sit, not, not to top Anthony speed, not to top speed in a few steps is what jo- yeah. Josh Adams can do and what Anthony Watson can do. That step was just it was lovely. Life. That, yeah, but it was so that it, Wales found themselves for for both of those tries. They found enormous overlaps in the the Scotland defence. Gregor Townsend will be very disappointed because it was a failure to recognise numbers from Scotland and just a failure to adapt and get the players out there, which. In those two instances, Wales did uh, execute brilliantly, but they also messed up a, at least a couple of chances. And to loop this all together and, and sort of tie in the Joe Cock and the Singer thing and his effectiveness against Italy, but then who would you pick for a, for a subsequent game? Look at what Wales did to England. Putting Joe Cock and the Singer on the right wing is not going to change the fact that Wales shut England down defensively, yeah. as they did Scotland. And as they do, and and they, they they have the yeah. best defense in world rugby at and the moment. Even, they've, they, I think they've over, they're up there with where Ireland yeah. were. It's not even. Oh, it's hard to explain. England's defense for me is the most pleasurable to watch, providing they are playing against the right opposition. And even then, you can have the best opposition in the world. 
if they are playing a style which suits England, England's defence, they will lose. So I actually think, in terms of you know sheer brutality, I love watching the, the England defence, but it's not flexible. I think the Welsh defence is flexible. It doesn't have that uh, you know that collision factor, you know, the impressiveness of the English defence, but it does work harder and it is so much more flexible. I, I will, I will say there was an element where at. Uh, I'd be interested to see what you saw because you were actually at Murrayfield. I was. It looked to me like Wales were offside the whole game. So uh, the seats that I had weren't the best. I had a very good weekend um, and I was very grateful for the tickets. But I was six rows back behind the goals, so very low down behind the goals, at the opposite end from where all the tries happened. (laughs) So I didn't have the best view of any offsides. One thing I will say about the Welsh... um, well, the Welsh overall game, the team, but it really shows in their defence and it showed very well against England and very, very well against Scotland late on the fitness of that team. Yeah. That team is seriously fit. They're so good. Because they can just keep going. And we, we coming, well, I mean, coming not, into sorry, the tournament... I say they're so good. They're not so good. They're just a really good team. Not not a great team of individuals, just a really good team. It, it's the team bit. Do, do you know who's massively impressed me? And I put out a tweet about him today, actually. A guy who I've never rated at all, uh, but he's come good. Uh, Josh Navidi. Like, his man strength, just the way he wrestles yeah. people. So I tweeted today, like, that boy must have a background in wrestling or grappling or something. Because his not ability to energy. hold people up, yeah. Oh, he's just, just hand, he's handling people. Is, it, is dad a bodybuilder or a wrestler or something? Well, someone's come back to me and said he's an Iranian wrestler. Now, anyone who knows anything about wrestling will know that Iranians are bloody good at wrestling. <laughs> so uh, that would stack up nicely. There you go. But yeah. He was good. He, he he actually missed a tackle on Darcy Graham when he came through, but that's not nothing to do with strength. It's because Darcy Graham is very elusive, kind of yeah. hit low and spun out of it. And the other one as well, who, again, I thought was an absolute flat-track bully, turns out he's a lot more than that, is Moriarty. I, thought, I think Moriarty's been superb. So what Moriarty does really well is his work rate. Yeah. So his fitness and his work rate. And his, his carrying has been nowhere near as impressive as Thalatau. Um but it hasn't actually mattered yet. I wonder if it will matter against Ireland. Uh, I don't know. Looking at Ireland today, I think Wales are favourites now. At home, I think. Yes, yes. I would agree. Oh, I, who knows? I would I would agree that Wales are marginal favourites. It's, uh, it's too close to call at the moment. Jumping on to Scotland, how much of a mitigating factor is their very lengthy list of injuries? How much does it's, that give, give Gregor Townsend a get-out-of-jail-free card here? So it it is significant for the for this tournament, and I think it can explain um, well <laughs> a lot of the poor performances. And even in that that one game, they ended up with Ali Price playing on the wing, yeah. and and they had um, Hastings playing fullback because uh, McGuigan came on. McGuigan goes off. He's uh, broken a rib, I think. Oh, Has no. it? Which yeah. is, which is a real shame. I friend, drop, yeah, I know. I know. Friend I'm of not, the pod. for him. Yes, friend of the pod, but also for my fantasy rugby draft team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Devastating. But, I, he was sitting in this chair um, mm. five weeks ago when we were previewing the tournament, six weeks ago. And when he came on for that Scotland try, he, really good. he just looked electric. He is he, electric. He, he, that was brilliant. And it, him and um, Hastings, the two off the bench, I thought were two of the best players for Scotland, actually. Because I thought Finn Russell, he didn't have his best game. There's a couple of his passes were a bit flat. A couple of them didn't go to hand. Um, and I think that 
the centre partnerships, Scotland have obviously got injuries. Missing someone like Hugh Jones outside centre is so, always going to cost you, but the, the centre partnership didn't gel in attack or in defence. I, I was disappointed with Nick Grigg. Yes. Uh, simply for the fact that I know how good he is. I know how they how much they rated him up in uh, Glasgow. And I thought I thought he'd come good, actually. He's, he's so he, t- he still may do. He's a tough little nut and he put yeah. himself around. I, I would say Scotland have a lot of players. And it's what we've always said of Scotland. When, when, you, when you deplete them of a few guys, the guys that are coming in will work hard. But the, the, the class, there's not the layers of class that there is... With Ireland and England, yeah, yeah. They feel... there's not many teams in the world that could lose no. the likes of well, Finn Russell last week, but Hogg and um, Hugh Jones. They feel broadly similar in that respect to Wales. I think they've got a similar amount of depth. Mm. You know, I don't think, yeah, I don't think you can go much further down on Wales on Wales's squad before you start to struggle. No, no, no. But if you took eight, yeah, you'd eight, exactly eight, eight, eight yeah. Welshmen out of that team. Although, that, although actually, I would, I would say. That's been the strength of Wales over the last year or so. Over this thirteen-game winning streak, is actually they have brought in guys that have come in and, and done done a really good job. Yeah, I mean, not to, not to hark back on this too much, <laughs> uh, but like I just look at Wales team and I think, how long would Thomas Francis, Josh Adams, and Gareth Ainscombe have to wait? How many how many lifetimes before they got called <laughs> up called up to England? Mm. It would be a long wait. Uh, Josh Adams, even. I mean, I can't, I can't see him being. Well, which which English players haven't had a crack that that if they were Welsh would probably be tearing well, yeah. up trees in the Six Nations? Which English players haven't had a crack who will have a crack when Warren Gatland replaces Eddie Jones ne- uh, next year? <laughs> because like he is going to have a field day with that squad. They are going to be the best team in the world, bar none, by some distance. If, <laughs> if Gatland gets his grubby little mitts on them, I can't wait. I just can't wait to see it. Did you um, hear his comment uh, after the game? He said, I'm, when he was asked about the Ireland game next week, he said, I'm looking forward to my last Six Nations game for Wales. Oh. Yeah. So it's well, next... Did he say that with a knowing smile? Yeah. yeah. Oh, did. okay. <laughs> for <Yeah>. Wales. <laughs> yeah. So I, he will be England coach. I, I just have a feeling. Yeah. They'd be mad. Anyway, it's possible. Yes. So who would, who would I like to see? Well, I, th- I think he'd be using Cipriani. I think he'd be using Robson. I think he'd be, not every game, but I think he'd, he would What's have wrong? a role for Robson him. gets the odd 10 minutes here and there. Yeah. What's wrong with that? It's got a try this how, weekend. How is he considered the second best scrum half in England? I'm not saying he's not, but like, how does Eddie Jones kind of work this? Does Eddie Jones really believe he is the second best scrum half in England? And if he does, why is he treating him like he, like he is? So, on a sense, I think no. I think he thinks that Danny Kerr is the second best. And I think he's just getting experience in case he's not got his... Uh, option A and option B available, and maybe, albeit not very much experience. And maybe stoking the fire in Danny Kerr? And, I think there is an element of that, yeah. Such a terrible situation for Robson to be in. I mean, do you want 10 minutes at the end of an England game to stoke the fires for Danny Kerr? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it is also... Will, will he take three nines to a World Cup? No. I would. He, he will not. No? Why... Would you he, not take Wigglesworth? He he hasn't done in the past. No, do you know what? He mm. won't do that. I don't know why I'm thinking log- logically about Eddie Jones. Of course he won't do that because he wants plan A and he wants plan A with different players. So he does not going to want plan B with Richard Wigglesworth or plan C with, uh, what's his name, Dan Robson. So it's interesting on the, the plan A and B because I, I thought there was a marked difference in the way that England played and... Obviously, it's against Italy, mm-hmm. but I think there was some actual some 
some parallels in where England found successes and where the weaknesses of Scotland have come. And I actually think this is a game plan that was tested out on Italy that is going to be used against Scotland. And by that, I mean, where they found most of their joy was getting either Manu Tuolagi, um, Elliot Daly, Thokken Singer, or Johnny May with a one-on-one on the... Well, it happened to be your mate Esposito on a new, Esposito Esposito on a, a few occasions. He's very good, but they're trying to manipulate something. On it is either the the thirteen or the winger mm. trying to manipulate an overlap. So you've got a one and one, either any of those dangerous runners on one man. Which to look ahead to next week, I think the way that Scotland played against Wales, I think they would struggle to defend that. Yeah, I think. Hmm. I mean, if that's your plan, it's not a great plan, is it? Because if I was a coach, I just picked the biggest guys and said, look, my plan is to get any one of these guys on a one-on-one. I mean, eventually that's going to happen. So I'm not... Well, it didn't... So it didn't happen against Wales, partly because they weren't playing that way, but it didn't happen against Wales, did it? Yeah, and I also, I'm very very suspicious about this dropping of, of the extra playmaker because Elliot Daly can do bits and pieces, but he's not a playmaker. He's a runner who can kick. Yeah. You've got the two big lads who are basically the same thing. And then you've yeah, got yeah. another big lad on they're, the wing. They're 1A, 1B. And then you've got Johnny May, who just sort of is Johnny May. I, I don't think this can last. And I think if, it do, if they do go and play a good nation with that lineup, they're going to get an absolute hiding. Well, yeah, it, the, the test would be, how would that? how do you think that England team... And playing the way they played would have got on against that Wales defence. Uh, it it is a good question. I and think I think it would have, I think it would have been a better strategy than the strategy strategy they enacted in the Wales game, which was kick everything you possibly can to Liam Williams and just let him defuse <laughs> everything. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. like I said about England recently, is they're hard to play against because the players are amazing. You know, all those players, no matter you know how badly they're coached or whatever's happened before, are going to be a handful. Um, but they're easy to prepare for, and that gives people with the mind, you know, minds of Gatland or the minds of uh, Townsend a fighting chance. And these guys should have no fighting chance. They should be absolutely put. Uh, they should absolutely be put to the sword. So, did we learn anything else from the England game? Uh, well, mm. y- yeah. So, it's interesting. You mentioned I. I, I didn't think Cochrane Singer was man of the match. I thought no, he was, no. he looked electric going forward. He was at fault in defence, and there were holes. It was on balance. Credit, credit. He's in credit. Yeah, and but, it's, it's only his what third yeah. or fourth cap. So it was great. But I thought Elliot Daly was excellent. Yeah, and I thought George Cruz has been one of England's players of the tournament. He, he was, was immense. Yeah, he's an he's an immense player, isn't he? Yeah, and he, and he was, wasn't he, even in favour of the start. No, he, he wasn't even in the England squad yeah. uh, a few squads ago, a couple of squads back. Yeah, he wasn't even involved. About. Wasn't he left at home? I think he was for when, one of them. Was it the summer tour? He went, he didn't go to South Africa. No, no, I can't. Oh, be right. What was it? Autumn hmm. tour. Autumn. I think the autumn he might not have even been involved. Anyway, you are right. There was a, there's been a period without George Cruz. Yeah, and I think we've forgotten exactly how good he is and why he's a lion and why he's a multiple European Cup winner and Premiership winner. But going back to your Danny Kerr point. Maybe is this is has this been was that deliberate to leave George Cruz out? You're not quite at your best. I know what you can do. You you need to go and sharpen up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because um, I think I think you can probably retrospectively apply that in yeah. a lot of instances. Um, 
you don't know whether it's deliberate. No. You don't know whether it, that is a yeah a strategy. Mm. It's going to be interesting. Got... It's going to be interesting. Oh, also, it's, what we have learned is well, no, another question. In fact, I make a statement: agree or disagree? Dylan Hartley can only hope to get a bench spot when he returns. Uh, yes, with my only caveat that I still don't like Farrell as captain and leader of defensive line and leading the backs and kicking. I think it's a bit too much responsibility for him. So unless another leader steps up for it, the captaincy. And it is curious, he, like, got why England have got so many good players and so few leaders. It's a, wor- it's a worry for me. It's, it is interesting because you look, I was, I was chatting yesterday about like the all of the World Cup winning teams. I could probably name most of the team from, from 2003, yeah. from 2007, from 11, 15. Yeah, you think, and the thing, oh, seven, oh, seven you, you go Matfield, Dupree, uh, Dupree, Dupree uh, um, the other second row, Bucky's Berta, Shat Scoutberger. Yeah, wow, They're just all, all over the team. Well, Launchby's not going to start, okay? So I don't think it's going to be. I don't think he could be captain. So just having a look at people who I would potentially make England captain, I wouldn't be outraged if um, Courtney Laws was get, like given the nod. I think that would be pretty cool because he's done it for Northampton. I hear what you're saying, but I, I think the, the, uh, and you, any one of these players could step up and could do an amazing job, Owen Farrell included. But I think uh, going on what Phil has said, it it's not even a debate. You would have half a dozen proven captains to pick from from most World Cup winning sides. Yes, yes. exactly. That's yeah, the point. That, that is like, the who point. Who is he? I mean, it's Brad Shields there for that reason. He's got captaincy experience. He, he I can't did. see what other... I mean, I know he's got two tries against Italy, so on and so forth. He, he had his best game, again, against Italy. Yeah. But he did have a very good game all round. And, well, and Manu, I was critical of him uh, a couple of weeks ago. Manu had a very good game, back playing at 13, which is... Much uh, better for him. Much better for him. And they play, They played a game plan to get the ball into his hands with some space outside, which is yeah. great. And so to go back to what you're saying, they have plan A, actually, okay, the, the pack isn't going to change massively. But in the back line, outside of the scrum half, you've got, you could go Ford Farrell as 10-12. As you could go Farrell to massive bludgeoning centres, mm-hmm. or you could go Farrell to Alangi Slade. Or you Balance. go Farrell's Farrell yeah. Slade Joseph. Farrell so Slade Joseph. So, yeah. so there, there are with, so with, with personnel, there are there actually are options. Whether Eddie Jones actually uses that to manipulate the way he plays a lot remains to be seen, and we're running out of time, so I think he would probably limit that and, and So from what I've seen by far England's best combination is big centre, probably Manu, could could be tail either or. With Slade, that to me is the best, and I think that is remarkably similar to Ford, the Ford Farrell combo, but without the defensive frailties. You've got two playmakers; they go either side of a breakdown or, or what have you. That to me is their best option so far. So we've not seen Joseph for twelve months. I know. I'm Eight, looking for, and has he got enough time to get himself established? Uh, well, he was called into the squad. Yeah, and he's played a bit of rugby. So, and he's played a lot with that England team. He's not played much with him and Manu, which is possibly the way you'd go. Although he has played a bit with Teo. Yeah, and the success of... It is clear that Eddie Jones wants a big ball carrier in, in midfield. Yes. Yeah. So one of those... Well, well, yeah, so you're going to have to put in... I think whatever your coaching philosophy, if you had Manu Tuolangi fit and firing available, you'd find a way to accommodate him. Yeah. But the yes. question is, where do you get the, the 
extra playmaking ability from because it's not going to be daily. So something's got to give, and maybe that is daily. But daily's playing so well, yeah. maybe Jonathan Joseph doesn't get in because I can't see the accommodation. And he's never looked at, so never ever really looked at um, Good, who's your playmaking option from fullback, uh, and also can play ten. He can play. He is playing ten actually. Yes, you know he's a great player. Like, oh, you know, Slade could do it as well. Slade at uh, fifteen would be fine. What, could what, do. what I'm encouraged by as an England fan is the number of question marks are starting to to go away. Really? So before the Six Nations, there was, I mean, and I and I've held my hands up already earlier on in the tournament and said I was wrong on Daly at fullback. I wasn't convinced. I still think Mike Brown could well be the man for certain occasions. When when there's a certain type of game, I would want Mike Brown and no one else that's English at the back. There are moments where I think that would be the case. The Island game at Twickenham last year 100%. Would, would have been one of those. 100%. So I still think he's got a role to play potentially. But I'm wrong. So the fullback issue, question mark's kind of gone. The, the question mark about 10, 12 and 13 is slowly starting to go. It's, it's the, not the question mark over Ford and Farrell. I think it's an option you can use. Oh, the se- but it's, sorry, the seven was the other question mark. Well, you've got two. Yeah, got two great ones. I, my only concern of the sevens is, are you going to get either of them fit at the right time? Because they are both, they are both so reckless, fearless, yeah, reckless. In, in no, good, no regard for in their, their own safety. Sense. That's yeah. why I go with the Curries and you use both of them. <laughs> yeah, right, because you know, just double the chance of staying on ben, the field. Bench Curry. As I keep saying, yeah. get Ben Curry involved. Yeah. But anyway, but the but the midfield one, it's not clear cut now, no. but it's starting to form a shape at it, least. It, it, yeah, it is. I've still I still do not know what the best option is, um, other than Sam Burgess. And Sam other Burgess, than that, sorry, that's an idea. Yes. <laughs> of course, obviously, he's probably only a seven or eight hour flight away from Japan. Yeah, come on, call up Sam. I'd come go on. with. Um, I've, I've, I've said this for a long time, but the guy I'd most like to convert into an English centre is not Sam Burgess, but his propping nemesis. Uh, I can't remember his first name now. Graham. What's his first name? Oh, yeah. The best, in my mind, the best rugby player the British Isles has produced in a generation. He still plays, and we don't talk, talk about him nearly enough. Yeah. Former St. Helens plays for yeah, the plays in, in the Gin, NRL Ginger now. prop. Yeah. Why well, can't I remember his, This is embarrassing. But anyway, he is literally the best rugby player of a generation from British... James from, Graham. James Graham from the UK oh, yes. and Ireland. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. It's not even close. He's a, he is a specimen. Yeah. And his hands. I mean, yeah. just go and look. Sorry, this isn't going to turn into a 10-minute ten, ten James Graham segment, right? But <laughs> go on YouTube and just watch James Graham highlights. And the first 10 minutes is him running over people and writing people off. The second 10 minutes is the most beautiful collection of wonderful hand, uh, you know, like wonderful passes and hands. He's a marvellous player. Uh, Ian Martin has tweeted to at Rugby Podcast and said, how much did you enjoy Genge lifting his opponent's shirt up and getting his belly out at every scrum reset? <laughs> 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 this is something that Dave, Dave Flatman's spoke about at length, which is one of the most annoying things for a prop, is someone lifting up your top because those skin tight ones don't come down <laughs> and uh, you know you're on TV. Uh, also, just some uh, some live podcasting feedback. Um, David Forey is saying, uh, "JB, move the microphone. It looks like you have the mo- you have a a messed up hipster beard." I don't oh, know. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Apologies for that. <laughs> it's <just> alright. <laughs> uh, it's fine. No. D- no. no, no sorry, no, I've no. got to keep my pop filter up. Sorry. Leave it as it is. 
Um, uh, Joe Sheridan, uh, who's saying, I would genuinely, li- I would really like to know your thoughts on the World League. Just to reiterate, we will be doing that in a later podcast. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Al O'Brien, the Six Nations is in trouble. France are shite. Scotland fits in fits and starts, uh, and Italy could do with dropping out for a few seasons. Is that is that too harsh a categorization? Having said that, this is one of the most competitive. Mm. It's also the chasm between. The, the ones that are doing well and the, the ones top that three aren't. And the bottom there's, three. there's a huge gap in the yeah. middle, isn't there? Well, first of all, don't worry about France. They're fine. That's, that, that's <laughs> I, I am worried. No, France are the big winners from the Six Nations so far. <laughs> by, by a long way, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's a long con. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you, so, so are you going to shift from they're going to win the Six Nations to they're going to win the World Cup? Well, I think I put them as my favourite for, for the World Cup. Anyway, so do you want me to talk <laughs> about that now? Yeah, well, yeah, let's, let's get into the game. All right. Or, or well, do you want to... In, Introduce the game by telling us why this is good for France. Yeah, okay. So, France have lost again, and it is a bit of a beatdown, and they look like a bit of a joke. They were rubbish. Um, rubbish. There were bits. There were bits to sort of look at and think, yeah, that's not as rubbish as we thought. Uh, At the end of the Six Nations, there's going to be a lot of game tape about how you beat different teams. So, the biggest losers for me of the Six Nations, regardless of what happens next week, is going to be Ireland. Ireland are the biggest losers from the Six Nations because coming into it, they looked almost undefeatable and now there is a clear blueprint of how to beat them and they will be devastated about that and their confidence will be knocked. And I tell you what, there are a lot of teams out there who who could emulate what England did. Think about someone like South Africa. Large, big men who work bloody hard. That to me, and an is, intelligent, well-executed kicking game as well. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, someone like South Africa could 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 quite easily do what England did to Ireland. So Ireland, well, but then why loses. would South Africa move away from their blueprint of just electrifying speedsters? Yeah, married to, to absolute to monsters. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the two <laughs> yeah. in the two in tandem, but I wouldn't abandon. Yeah, and Faf de Klerk. and Faf de Klerk. I mean, yeah. you know, they could do it. Uh, New Zealand have probably been planning, been plotting and scheming for them. Yeah. since you know uh, they lost last time, and that game will give them a little bit more ammunition. Uh, England, we've kind of worked out exactly who they are after Wales, um, and then you know Wales and Scotland, no real surprises there, other than you know how well or how badly that they've done. France, we still don't really know about. We just know that they're terrible. We just know they're absolute garbage, but with still really good players. I don't care what anyone says. They are really good players. They, they've got some phenomenally yeah, talented they, players. They, they, do, they do, but then what did we talk about when we were talking about Wales earlier? How were we characterising their performance, the performance I mean, of a team? And then yeah. Exeter Chiefs, when they won the Premiership a couple of years ago, it, what, you looked at the some of the na- names on that, and it was the collective. But, I, there's, like the solutions for France are so simple. When Jordan Lama kicks that corner and there's nobody there, I'm like, no one within fifty yeah. meters of Paul where Gage the ball. wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I know. Me and Phil playing vets yeah. rugby for Broughton Park. Two of us Friday in the backfield. Night. We, we would have had that. We would have had that. Covered. I'm getting a bit annoyed about this. I've taken one week off and it's me and Phil, me and Phil, me and Phil. <laughs> <laughs> We've all played vets rugby, okay? Um, yeah, like I know we talk H. I know exactly what our exits are like. Everyone knows what our exits are like. France had no exit strategy. <laughs> the professional team, they had no exit strategy. Somehow, somehow, and this is genuinely impressive, they managed to only concede three tries in the first half. Uh, yeah. I don't know any team in the world that could have put up with so much pressure and only conceded the three tries. And that does say something about Ireland's lack of creativity, which yeah. is what they've been struggling with this year, and it's not... It's certainly not going to get any easier to find tries against Wales next week. 
But I mean, one of the tries. So there, there was the Rory Best pushover. Oh my over. god, he dragged his man over. Do you notice that? <laughs> yeah, Rory Best. Right, all that Anton Dupont needs to do is just fall on the floor. fall on the floor. He lifts him up and yeah. he lifts him up so he can get a latch on. Try, thanks. But the the most incredible, the mo- the best example of French ineptitude, if the llama kicked through or the Rory Best try wasn't, was the Johnny Sexton wraparound where oh. Fiku and Uge bump into each other. They take each other out. Yeah. It, so how much game tape? How many times have we seen the Johnny Sexton wraparound? Ooh. Millions of times. Millions. Millions. Millions and millions of times. And... Not only could, were they not expecting it, they bumped into each yeah. other trying and, to defend and it, was the it most and took each other out. Variation of the wraparound. It was just a wraparound, and Johnny Sexton goes in. It was unbelievable. I know that a professional rugby. Th- that, uh. But so, so here's the thing, right? If I am in France's group, like England, all right, and I'm doing my analysis of France, <laughs> I know nothing about them still, do I? Like, yeah, they, yeah. Let's, let's kick into what we're we gonna do. We're gonna kick to where they had no people because all they need to do is drop some people just, there. Just put one person there. Yeah, and it's all ruined for you. <laughs> so I am quietly confident that uh, France will win the World Cup. I like your optimism. Uh, I don't share it. I'm afraid. I think they've got to get. They've got to change something. Well, coaches, coach. coaches, coach. captains, players. I don't know if coach. it's a distraction, but uh, well. I would say, and we've talked about him loads, we don't need to go over the same old ground about why he can be brilliant, but if Bastereau is the answer, so good. You're, ans- you're asking the wrong question. No, he is the answer. He is the answer. Like, not for France. Yeah, well, why? I mean, they, they just need to put him in. They need to give him an opportunity to actually get on the front foot. Like, Entomac was stood there today, feet planted on the ground. He looked like a rabbit. Um, well, not even a rabbit in headlights. It's not even his fault. They had no exit strategy. Yeah. So he can't do anything. Well, anyway, I maintain if, if Bastard is your answer, then you're asking the wrong question. Although David Howells has tweeted us, and it appears, at least from David this... David from Broughton Park? Uh, I'm not sure. At least this... this um, It might be, actually. Anyway. Uh, uh, I recognise him. Oh, he played in our Vets team on, uh, on Friday. He was our 10. Oh. Oh. Do you remember? Do you remember that time we put you into space, Phil, when we were playing together on Friday Absolutely. night? Do you remember that? Yeah. How was your knee, by the way? Is it all right? Uh, grazed. Very, yeah. very. So I was wearing. Uh, so for the rugby up in Edinburgh, because it was bitterly cold, biting wind. I was wearing long johns, and my long johns were stuck to my grazed knees <laughs> and oh. hip and thigh. Not, not as bad as that Alex Mitchell, the Northampton no. scrum half from last week. Not that bad. Um, oh, I saw that. It was nasty. That, that was horrible. No, uh, anyway, we, we've been sent a picture where it appears that Matthew Bastero is top of the Guinness Six Nations Fantasy League now, with, with 3,237.3 points. Yeah, good for him. It, looks I mean, like it, 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 it appears to be actually Matthew Bastero. It, it's got a blue tick next to it or something? <laughs> I don't think they do that in uh, fantasy football. I'd love rugby. it to be Matthew Bastero. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Yeah, yeah, anyway. it would actually. Um, right, oh, I'm just going to take a quick moment to uh, say thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. And one way you can support us and also sort yourself out with an incredible shave is with our friends at Cornerstone. They've been our friends and supporters well since the very start, yeah, really. Kept kept the ship afloat. We, we wouldn't have been able to... Kept uh, the wind in our sails. Yeah, totally. We wouldn't have been able to keep doing and it. And it looks like they might be hoisting a new mast soon. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> but uh, we will talk about that once we get our offer code. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I, I, that sounds too cryptic. I will say, I'll tell people they're moving into uh, to uh, other products which might affect men of a certain age. That's all I'll say. <laughs> anyway, 
they also do incredible razors, and that's what Cornerstone are best known for. We all use Cornerstone razors. We have the engraved shaft on on the shelf in our bathrooms with our what initials do you have, JB? Uh, JB. Cool. Or JDB actually. <laughs> you used to have one called Egg, but you I, I do. No, I, I, Phil, oh, has Phil has Egg. I've got EGG, and I just have TC. So you can get your free aluminium weighty shaft engraved with whatever you want you get that for free when you make an order uh, because you listen to us you can get six razors and any other paraphernalia you want uh, delivered in your cornerstone presentation box and you get that for a fiver wonderful stuff. Uh, all that for a fiver because you listen to us all you need to do is go to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout right phil you've got a quiz haven't you i have should we, should we do this and then we can jump into uh, the rest of the rugby Let's do it. Cool. Let me just get it up. While, while you're just getting it up, did you, uh, which links into the other Cornerstone products to me, uh, did you see Spain beat New Zealand in the, I did, at, I in did. the Toronto Seven or Vancouver, wasn't it? Yeah, I saw in the, that. In the Seven series. That was awesome. That and, is impressive. And Canada beat Fiji. Yeah. Canada looking incredible. Yeah. Looking really good. This is one of the issues that World Rugby have, and we'll talk about some of their issues more in the podcast the sevens game and the 15 15s game i think are competing now there's no they're completely separate sports there's no relation between one and the other beyond in in fact in in many ways it's damaging for the 15s game that's what i mean yeah Yeah. they're almost in competition with each other i'll give you an example of when i saw this firsthand was when kenya played against germany and I'm watching these Kenyans, Kenyans, Kenyan backs play, and they're sevens guys. They're very good sevens guys, but sevens players do things do things differently. Like they would, they would stop still, and they'd receive the ball, and then and and, and then they'd give it. Like they looked like they were trying to find the space which you get in sevens, and you just yeah. don't get it. Yeah, yeah, you don't get the time or space. And, nope. the, and the issue is, you can't have a, a top player. You, I mean, you have to be Leo Leona Nakarawa and of that level of skill to be able to translate and do play 15s and 7s. Well, there are very, very few players who can I think, play both sports. I think you can play 15s and transition to 7s with the right fitness work. I don't think the skills and you know the amount of time you have in 7s allows you to transfer up into 15s. I would do it the other way around. I'm sure there's loads of people out there who disagree with that. I'm sure you know, if I asked Rob Vickerman, he would put, yeah, put me, put me in, in, in my place. There. Well, there's a lot of countries that use 7s as, as a little place to blood... Some of their young players. Yeah. yeah. I mean, New Zealand have done it very, very, very well. They've um, rotated pe- people in and out. Yeah, Rico Ioane. Yeah, Australia are talking Rico. about, um, what's his name? Falau. Falau. In the same way that Adam Ashley Cooper went, went to sevens for a little while. And Habana tried at the Commonwealth Games. Yep, so you, know, it, you can go both ways, but I think it's better to be a 15s player going to sevens mm. and learn to play with less space than going sevens to 15s. I think if, if they'd have done tens... You might have been able to have a great sport like sevens with loads of tries, but have players being able to move between the two. I like the way football have done it, which is let's not mess around with our format. It's eleven aside, and everything else can you know be your hobby. <laughs> and then cricket has gone like the other way around, which is you've got sixteen different versions of the game, and we're going to make up a new version of the game very very shortly because fans have got even less attention span than we originally <laughs> thought. For more on all of that, listen to our other podcast in your feed. Hit subscribe. But Phil, go on. So this is a super rugby quiz. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I've not watched a minute I literally don't of super know anyone rugby. super rugby. Well, no it's not, there's not too much about this year. There's only, in fact, uh, two questions about this year. Okay. So, first question. What is the closest geographical super rugby rivalry? 
Wow. Hmm. So which two teams, their home stadiums are closest or, yeah, closest okay. together? Okay. Can I answer now or do you want me to write it down? Write it down, please. Right, okay. Question number two. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, yeah. Question number two. Yeah. Um, can you name the Super Rugby jerseys which are made, manufactured by Canterbury? Now, I'm not going to tell you how many there are, and it's negative marking if you get it wrong. Ooh. Yeah. But there, there, are more that, there is more than one. Okay. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got, all, I've got all four of them. <laughs> right next question number three which team has won the most titles okay next yeah question number four super rugby was preceded by super six in 1992 wow featuring teams from three countries name the countries <laughs> wow super six uh Wow. Okay. Mm. It's got to be, a, you can't really be, it can't be that easy. No, it can't be, can it? Okay, next. Question number five. Who was the top point scorer in last season's uh, Super Rugby? And I will give you, so I only want one answer. If you get number one, you get two points. Okay. If you get number two or number three, you get half a point. So, question, what was the question? <laughs> Top point scorer last uh, season. Okay, so if you get one. Okay, fine, yeah. Okay. So you, yep. And finally, question. So, so you want us to go for three? No, oh, no, oh, just, right. no, just one. Yeah, I understand now. Put one name down. Cool, cool. If, you, if you get it on the nose, you get a bonus yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get one of the, the next two. And question number six. After four rounds uh, of Super Rugby... Although one of these teams has um, only played three games, but after four rounds, there are two winless teams in this year's Super Rugby. Who are they? Okay. You got. You got. Uh, okay. Western Force, mate. Western Force, yeah. Western Force. Right. Question number one: Geographical rivalry. Uh, Bulls and Lions. Tim? I said Brumbies and Waratahs. I can tell you the Brumbies and Waratahs. Whoa, whoa, hang on. I thought it was South Africa. Closest rivalry. Super rugby rivalry. Oh, not South African. No. I thought, for some reason, I thought it was South African. <laughs> you might be right anyway. Oh, so, no. So, I can tell you that the Waratahs and the Brumbies are 256 kilometres apart. Uh, this is if you drive from one to the other. Uh, and they're in third place. In second place... It's got to be New Zealand teams. The Blues and the Chiefs in second place. Auckland Blues, Waikato Chiefs are 124 kilometres apart. Oh. And the Lions and the Bulls yes! are what? 56 k- kilometres apart. Woo! <laughs> they can't just God, I'm, I'm relieved. <laughs> two two separate, two separate uh, Get in. towns, aren't they? Pretoria and Joburg. Yeah. I'm losing this big so time. What, one, <laughs> one nil. Okay. <sighs> okay. Super Rugby jerseys made by Canterbury. Lions and Wolves. Lions and... Some wolves, Tim? Yeah, I've got those and the Waratahs. Oh, nice. Tim gets three points, JB gets two, and uh, there is one other as well. Yeah. 
Brumbies, are they still Canterbury? No. Nope. BLK, I don't know whether they are. Yeah, I think so. Um, none of the New Zealand teams. They're all uh, they're all Adidas. Uh, yeah. Nike would be... So it's going to be the Sharks. Correct. Which is actually... Can, can I have a point? No. no. <laughs> Which is actually interesting because the... The South African teams this season have got Marvel superheroes themes, awesome. even though they're made by three different brands. Yeah. So you've got Puma, you've got Canterbury. Puma doing... Why, by the way? Is that is Marvel have paid for that? Yeah, who's paying who, actually? Yeah, I have no idea. So no, someone's no getting idea. paid. No idea who's paying who. Anyway, question number three. Probably the easiest question. Yeah. Most titles? Seders. JB? Uh, Canterbury. Crusaders, yeah. Which puts you at four points all. Do they still have a horse that runs out before <laughs> a game? So tinpot. Out, out, outside of the cord, like the cardboard castle. Yeah, <laughs> papier mâché castle. <laughs> um, Do you get a point for each of these three countries? One point for each country. Oh, well, no, which, no negative marking. In which case, I'm just going to say Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and hope I get two because it can't be that simple. JB, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong. So. South Africa was still under apartheid rules, so they weren't competing uh, in international sport pre-93 okay. or whatever it was, 94. Um, so it was Australia, New Zealand, and the Fijian national team oh. competed. Well, well, well. well and so it's re- been done before. It was done originally. We've and got, we've got, and we've... a couple of years later, a, a Samoan national team played in a similar type tournament. Super 10 tournament. What an interesting idea. Well, actually, there is yeah. a Fijian team in the Australian, Australian version of the Mitre Cup. Yes, there is. Fiji so they Warriors. They're all doing it. You know, they're not completely, you know, completely ignoring them. So I'm still one point ahead with... No, no. No, level. Drawing, drawing level. How come? You do four all. Because so, I, I got the first one, which should be worth more than one point. JB got the distance, the Lions-Bulls distance. Oh, yes. Distance. Oh, okay, yes. So next one. Rich, Richie Mu- Mu- Muaga, whatever his Mwunga. name is. I said DMAC. Ooh, that's so, that's one of mine. I can tell you, Moonga was in seventh place. Oh, for God's sakes. But Bernard Foley was in first. Uh-huh. So he would have been two points. Your friend and part-time colleague, Robert Dupree, <laughs> was uh, second place. Really? Second place last year. And D-Mac was in third place. Means half, gets a point. half a point. Yeah. Come on. And goes into the lead. So Rob Dupree, he told me he had 24 starts for um for the Sharks. 15 last season. 15 last season. Oh, right. Bloody hell. I, I would, I would, he, he probably played pretty much every game. Pretty good then, isn't he? He's all right. Yeah. yeah. With uh, Yantes and Sanchez going fourth and fifth. Excellent. Are you allowed to guess on this last one? Um uh, yes, but you can't. You can only write two down. So no negative marking, but you can only write two down. Okay, well, so the only one I'm the only one I'm confident on is Chiefs. I got Chiefs. Chiefs is correct. After four rounds, including a home game against it's the amazing, Sunwolves, Chiefs are winless. That really is amazing. And my other one well, is... thank you for giving me that little thing because yeah. I couldn't remember if Sunwolves had won or not. So thanks for that, Phil. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been my next guess, but it's not now. Uh... Reds is my other guess. I can't go with Reds because I because otherwise I'd just be copying JB because I was I was I wasn't confident on. on one. Come on, if it's red, no, because it doesn't matter. Because if it's Reds, if it's Reds, you win, and if it's not Reds, I win. So I'll just, I'll leave it with that. So you go for Sunwolves as your first answer. Well, um, 
It is the Reds. Yes! Ah! No, I don't think I've won. Yeah, by half a point. By half a point. JB wins eight points to seven and a half. Wow. Well done. I'm fine with losing a Super Rugby quiz. That's not a problem. Well done, JB. Not bothered by that at all. Well done, me. Fair play. You're such a Super Rugby hipster. Yeah, yeah, I am. How is that, how's it doing, do you think, in, in terms of like UK people watching it? Is Rubbish. there still a lot of heat on it? Do people still care? Uh, no. Uh, so I made a little gag on Twitter, like, how, how do that someone what, what, uh, watches Super Rugby? Because they'll tweet about it. Um, I think it's got a hardcore following. I just... This is the problem we're going to have with the global rugby cup season thing, which we're thinking of. The bigger and more complicated... That should be the name of it, by the way. Yeah. Mm. Global rugby cup. Thingy. Yeah. Almost as good as the Southern Kings Oh my word <laughs> corporation. Yeah. Oh, we're talking super rugby. World, yeah. So the, the who's oh so it's the Kings, obviously, who are in Pro Fourteen. They've been they've been taken over or, or a um a majority stake has been bought by a consortium of local businessmen and women or whoever it is. And they gave themselves the name the the, the company name that they've come together to form in their conglomerate. And I quote the greatest Rugby company in the whole wide world limited. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a sustainable project. <laughs> I've not thought this one through. Yeah, it's up there with the uh, Freddie Tuilagi's Global Bro Sport Agency Global Bro Sports. That's brilliant, Global Bro Sport. <laughs> um, I can't remember what I was saying. Then what was I saying? Uh, Does anyone care about Super Rugby? Yeah, no, no. I'm not even people that, you know, in those nations care about it anymore. And I think that's a real shame because I remember growing up watching yeah, rugby. Christian Cullen, I remember being it, one of the first pe- first people I really got excited about. As like, it was yeah, never. Christian I always Cullen. felt that Southern Hemisphere rugby growing up was far, far more popular than Northern Hemisphere rugby. Yeah, everyone was talking about, oh, this is the future. Yeah. This is the pointing the way. And, you know, I remember the images on TV. It all, looked, it all looked so perfect as well. Like, families picnicking on, like, grass verges. And it looked absolutely brilliant. And now it's just empty, dull stadiums. Like, you know, it's... It's a it's a bit it's a bit, it's a bit a bit of a shame to see, but I think it's because it's it's expanded too much, and uh, you know more rugby is very rarely the answer. Sometimes less is more. Yes, quite. Well, and, and the NFL, which you and I both love, JB, is is one of the best examples of that. Exactly, it is. It's only six. I mean, you have you have that whole barren period of like five and a half months with no American football, but when it's there, and they're fighting like cats and dogs to expand the game, the season to eighteen games, and saying no, absolutely not, absolutely not. And that's that's the way forward. Just have your thing and make it more 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 valuable. But we can talk about that like, uh, in our in a, clubhouse. What are we going to call it? Committee bo- board, committee podcast. In a, in a boardroom podcast. Blazer Blazer podcast. Yes. Yeah, we'll do it in Blazer. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mm. Uh, right, some domestic matters then. Yes, let's do that. Well, I'll tell you what, should we, no, let's look ahead to next weekend's uh, and, and round off the okay, six, six nations, nations and then we'll move on to domestic matters so we don't cross the streams too much so Super, Super, Saturday. Super Saturday where are you going to be watching Super Saturday what are you going to be doing well I'm trying to organ- well, so talk HR out and about so I might join them um, no game no game we've got the, the week week off right what, what are you two up to uh, to be honest I'll probably be watching it at home after being away pretty much all weekend oh right okay fine uh, Tim <laughs> I, to be confirmed, I'm working at Northampton on Sunday for the Premiership Rugby Cup final. Ah, nice. So I just have to work out my logistics there. So the, one of the finest days I have had in quite some quite some time was watching Wales-England, that game, starting off with a little bite to eat in, in Rosso did, uh, uh, Didsbury, watching most of the France game on my iPad. Was this your dessert wine extravaganza? Exactly right, exactly right. I was hoping to replicate the experience, but with three games. But uh, I'm struggling struggling to find friends, so <laughs> I might have to just join the lads in the rugby I might, club. I might be on. I mean, nothing's going to top um, Mojo's in Bucharest for Super Saturday. <laughs> that was immense. Yes, it was immense. That was something else. Was Spain the last weekend as well? Uh, no, last. that was second, that was second, second to last. last. Yeah, because don't forget there was the that that would it. That's right. Yeah, if it hadn't been if the week before. No, no, hold on. No, 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 no. no you had right. a Sunday game and we all went yeah, to was, yeah. Wales on Sunday. Yeah. Um. So just just on the, watching the rugby, I've just got to uh, send apologies out to Patrick Taranto, uh, who we played with in New Jersey. Oh yeah. Um, who was over to watch the Scotland Wales game. And offered to buy me a beer. And you said no. No, I, I said yes. But then basically had no signal inside the ground and for a long time afterwards. What? So, apologies, Patrick. I've, Come uh, on. I missed out on a beer. Oh, oh good, on, good on you, Patrick. Um, and, and also, we had, we, we've really started something. I, I'm, do you know what? As, as one legacy of egg chasers, I, I'm really proud of this. People going to Spain? People going on Tier 2 tours. Yes. Even though we didn't do one this year, there are literally... Hundreds of people that have, that have been tours. sending us pictures of them going on yeah. tours to go and see games in Belgium, in Spain, in Romania, and all over the continent. Which, uh, and I'm really, really proud of that. Yep. So the best one I think I've seen, uh, Andrew Wingrove got in touch with us on Twitter to say it's not uh, not right now, but it is booked in the diary. Flights are booked for some guys from Dubai to fly to Georgia. To watch the Georgia Georgia <laughs> wow. Scotland game, wow! Pre World Cup, that's one I want to go. Can we do that? That one? would be can brilliant. We do, can we do Tbilisi? I, th- I think no. JB and I might struggle to do it <laughs> oh. this year. Do you know? Like, I just don't really want to do it. I'm quite happy just flying over to Madrid. I'd do Madrid two or three times a year to watch rugby. <laughs> I love it. I think it's the best place to watch rugby. If there were direct flights to Tbilisi, you'd be on it like um, a car bonnet, wouldn't you? It's not so much that. It's not that at all, really. It's about the quality of the drinking and food <laughs> and city. I mean, that's my thing. Madrid like, was great. Madrid's great. Madrid is amazing. Uh, do you know what? Rome is great, too. I yeah. never used to like Rome. Rome was bloody fantastic. So Yeah, that's why we want, and we'll talk about this on the other yeah. pod, Italy, get down to tier two. 
And we'll go and watch, we'll go and watch Italy against Romania. That'd Perfect. be awesome. Perfect. Yes. Right. Uh, Premier. Oh no 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 no. no, no, no. So, so what's so what's the first game on Super oh, yes. Saturday? It is a shame that they can't do these to be confirmed. So fi- the, the fixture times to be confirmed and do it yeah. Yeah. in reverse order. So, so the so Wales first Ireland one is was last. Italy France. Yeah. Twelve thirty kickoff. That's no, fine. If, I, I don't mind if I miss well, this. Well, I do care. The Garibaldi Cup. If Italy win this. I'm in line for a 180 quid payout on a £10 bet because I put the wrong bet on. I went, I went to put France to win the whole thing. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, JV. They can't. They can't. Oh, can they not? France have no. got two bonus points. So France are on six points. No. It's, it's they're on zero. Another, wa- another wasted bet. <laughs> oh, well. So, you know what? If you've got jobs to do or you yeah. need to put a bit of family time in. Hey, so maybe I can yeah. meet you about three o'clock, Jay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that'll be the time to get some Negronis down us, uh, a nice saffron risotto, and, you know, get the, get the stomach line for going to watch the next game, which is Wales. <laughs> so that, so get, that game it, is an aperitif. Italy, France. Italy have a chance. France, Italy? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Italy, Italy against France. Italy do have a chance. So they played very poorly against England, but something that they've done... The rest of the tournament is frustrate teams yep. and stop teams from scoring, which they did well against both uh, Ireland and Wales. So I don't think that's a foregone conclusion, that Italy-France game. Mm. Mm, I think it is. I think France will do them. I think it'll be a big win. Yeah. I think France will do them, but it might be relatively close. Yeah. Um, so what, then we then, move on to... So 2.45 in Cardiff should be the last game. What is the Grand Slam decider but could decide the whole tournament and there's three teams that can win. So Wales it, host Ireland. Well, I just hope Ireland win because otherwise there's sort of like it's the a li- it's very anticlimactic then watching England with no hope of yeah. potentially winning. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Um so how will it go though? Defense my, it's, it's it's an immovable object meets a um, what's that phrase? Unstoppable force. Unstoppable immovable force, immovable objects. objects. It's one of those. Mm. Two incredible defences. I and think Wales two limited attacks a mm. little bit this year. Um, so, is everyone thinking that Wales are favourite? Yes, I do know. And I think Wales will win. So, if Ireland were to win, how do they do it? Because no one's beaten Wales yet. No one's beaten Wales for 13 games. Um, so how How do you beat Wales? If I, well, if I knew I'd be the best paid coach uh, probably in the world <laughs> right now, um, I suspect if they beat Wales, it'll be by thoroughly outplaying them. It'll be scoring early, make Wales tra- make Wales chase the game as it opens Fight. up. Yeah. Yeah. Ireland will score more, more and more and more. Johnny Sexton has to do what Owen Farrell couldn't do and, yeah. find, and find grass. Yeah. So, and Liam Williams has to be fit for Wales. Yeah. If he's not... Which and Warren Gatlin seemed fairly confident that he would be. He would be, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Ireland can't do what they did today, which is continuously go to the corners. If they have chances for points, they've got to take those points. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm with that actually. Um. So I'll say one thing. If I were Schmidt, and I think Schmidt will be looking at this, I would be targeting the Welsh line out. So the Welsh line out has been a little mm. bit shaky. Uh, England put it under some pressure, not enough towards the end of the game. Scotland put it under some pressure, and I think Omani and Ryan will be reading that and really targeting and putting pressure on that as a way of taking off pressure from themselves, but also putting on pressure to Wales. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight one. 
although I think if one team could win it by more than the other, if that makes sense, it would be, I think Ireland could potentially win win the thing with more points than if Wales won. Does that make sense? I think Wales will win in, a, in an absolute slugfest. So uh, could Ireland you, have the potential to all right, I, Ireland have got to find grass and or win the aerial game, which Ireland are capable of doing. Oh, well, so Stockdale seems to be a little tricky in this this regard. Yeah, but if, if Carney comes back, that's a, that's a big... Carney back. Uh, is, is Halfpenny near ready? <sighs> heard nothing about him this week. And oh, also, he, play, he played very, very well for Scarlets in their win over it? Munster. He played very well. Defensively outstanding. So he could oh, be okay. around. Uh, and Liam Williams has a... Oh, no, it's just a stinger. So he's, he'll be... He'll he be should be okay. So mm, you're gonna, they're going to be up against it. And Dan Bigger in reserve. I mean... <laughs> There's not a just to close out, close out the game. Yeah, there's not a better fly half in the world at that. This is going to be like uh, one of the spring offensives in World War One. That the the battle for the gain line is going to be like two. It's going to be measured in inches. Yeah, yeah, and they're just gonna they're just gonna like Joe Schmidt's going to be like uh, who was the who was the war general for the Allied forces in the oh, can't remember the guy's it, name. The French fella. It's just more more. I just need more. In, off you go, more, need more men, go, go. They're just going to sm- relentlessly smash each other. I'm looking forward to it now. Now we put it in those terms, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think Wales, I mean, if Wales win it, it's going to be it's gonna be amazing. It's Gatlin's third Grand Slam, fourth Six Nations. The audit to everything else that he's done in his career. I mean, the guy's a genius. The guy is an absolute genius. And, and also, if it's a third Grand Slam in whatever it is, 10 years or 12 years, we have to talk about him as... Probably the best Six Nations coach since Sir Clive Woodward. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, go, yeah. Along, I'll okay. go along with that. Go with that. I, I think one thing that I would say about Ireland, that the way they beat them is Conor Murray's got a show, got to be the Conor Murray that we know, who he yeah. hasn't been in this tournament. This, yeah, you're right. And you're I, right. I tell you who must be annoying to play against. In fact, a lot of Wales players are annoying to play against, I, I bet. But um, Gareth Davis in particular, just the energy, he's always bouncing around, he's so fast, he's so strong. You know, he has the occasional brain, brain fart now and again. I imagine he's annoying to play against, and Conor Murray's a lot more measured than that. I can see, um, I can see, um, just forgot his name. I just said it, the, Gareth uh, the, Davis. Gareth Davis. Thank you. Uh, really getting underneath his skin. Yeah, I, I can see him winning that, winning that battle. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I, I think I actually think Ireland will. Oh, no, it's in Cardiff. It's in Cardiff. Yeah. It's in, if it was in Ireland, I'd say Ireland will win. If it's in Cardiff, I'll say Wales will win. I think. The edge is there, but it will be. It's going to be very attritional, as we've already said. It's going to be very close. So it's one of those that could go either way, I think. But I expect it will fall on. Will the roof be on or off? It's up to Ireland, is it not? Yeah, it is. So I imagine they'll be off. Have it off. Yeah. If it it rains, it'll be like Passchendaele. If it (laughs) if it's dry, it'll be a bit more like Verdun. Exactly. (laughs) Well, hang on. Here's a question: When you play in the uh, Space Dome in Paris. It's a dome. Yeah, you can't choose. There are, on there or are off. no. There are no. So options. why do why do Ireland have the choice? Because there is a choice. Maybe mm. I don't know. They need to rewrite that rule. I think uh, Wales should have the choice. It's, it's their home ground. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. On, on rewriting rules, it was interesting that there was a, a disallowed try for Ireland, which yep. was uh, on the basis. Bearing in mind what we're talking about. The grounding, whether you're carrying the ball or whether the ball is loose and you're touching it, it was decided that Keane Healy hadn't pressed down on the ball. 
and he not and he just touched it because yeah. if if it were just the law that as long as you're in, the ball's in contact with the ground and you have contact some sort of contact with the ball technically Kean Healy scored it yeah he had to press, press down down so anyway yeah because a lot of people are under this sort of it, illusion that there is no such that the, the, the downward pressure is not in the laws but pressing down That's is in the laws down, when the ball the, is loose yeah which is anyway. the same thing Anyway, uh, so we're all we're all going for a narrow Wales win. Yep, and then yes. a England win. Yeah, comfortable, yeah. Probably. comfortable England win. It's a Twickenham, isn't it? So they, they're going to batter them. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Looking at these performances and so on and so forth, yeah, I think it'll be comfortable England win. So if Wales slip up, England should win the Six Nations. If Wales slip up, so if Wales slip up, yes. Um, if Ireland hammer. Wales and then England slip up, then Ireland win. Or if Ireland beat Wales and England oh, slip I up, see. but if England, if Wales lose and England win, if England win without a bonus point, but Ireland get a bonus point, then it would come down to points difference, which England currently have Hang a on. sixty-four point so advantage. Wales have won thirteen on the bounce. Yes, yeah. this will be fourteen on the bounce. Yeah, do you know their last defeat? Do you oh. know what their last defeat was? England. Ireland. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Before they started their 13-game winning run, they lost to Ireland. So that would mean, and then it comes to the World Cup, if they've got a couple of easy games, what's, what's, the, what's the record? Is it 16? 18. 18. 18. England so, so there'd be 14. Do, do World Cup warm-ups count? Mm, I don't know. It, historically, have, do. the, have there been capped and non-capped warm-ups? Yes, I have. Come on, because you, I think you, you, JB Cup. Yeah, <laughs> you should know this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll consult the people, uh, the team at the JB Cup offices. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it based in Geneva or somewhere like that? Uh, Dublin, Dub- Dublin, Dublin. Yeah, next door to IRB. Prefer- uh, sorry, World pre- Rugby. World pref- rugby. Pref- preferential tax arrangements. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, interesting. So uh, Wales could could. No, they're not gonna, they're, they're good. they can make a run for that record. They need four or five I, games. I mean, they're not bothered about the they world record. Do. They're just bothered about holding on Retain to the JB, JB Cup. Cup. Well, Absolutely. that's why you play so hard, you know. <laughs> so it's such an accolade. I mean, it's not not even because I'm an England fan. Just because I love Super Saturday so much, I want Ireland to win just so there is something on the line for the last game and it doesn't yeah. feel anticlimactic. Or I want the powers that be to just, in I, future... Change have flexible kickoff times. Yeah. So would you like the Ireland game last? Yeah, Ireland Wales yeah. last is how it should be. Because yeah, right. yeah. let's say England win. England win. They start the final game top of the table, and Wales. It, it just feels great. Then doesn't it? The drama, the storylines yeah. feel amazing. Anyway, can't have it all. Yeah, and I I prefer this to having all the games at the same time. Yeah, because. While the drama is better when you've got all the games at the same time, um, I like watching three games back to back to back. Yeah, well, that last yeah, I love it. That last day of the Premiership season, you feel it's, I'm already excited about that because you feel like there could be several storylines to be decided on the final day. Potentially, yes. With the way which, that, that things are looking currently, which leads us nicely into wrapping up some of the Premiership stuff. Well, before you do, there is a question which. Could be this podcast, but it could be the next one. Do you want to talk about drinking in stadiums? Let's do that in the boardroom chat. The boardroom chat. Are yeah. you sure? Yeah. Okay. Although I will say in relation to the... There was another thing that got bought. I saw a lot of people getting on Twitter, deep in the cesspit on Twitter, 
getting right in. Oh, is that the wrong one? Oh, what's going on? Wrong one. Yeah, wrong one. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, basically, getting into England and the number of players they have that weren't uh, English That's quite in, a few, in terms it? of their heritage. Well, so Brad Shields was, was mentioned, Nathan Hughes, uh-huh. uh, Billy Vanapola, yeah. Ben Teo. Manu Tuolangi. There's one more. Joe Thokkana Singer. That's six. And then there was Mako and Dylan Hartley, not in the side. Now, that's eight, right? Which is quite a lot. What what I would say to that is, get back in your box. Why? Why Except for, except for Nathan Hughes. He's the only one that I have an issue with because the rest of them have English parents or were kids when they came to England. And they've been... Raised school. You, ca- you cannot say there was anything mercenary about about Joe Cock and Singer coming over age, what, 12 or whatever he was. Wasn't his dad in the army? That's why he's here. Something like that, yeah. So so back in your box. It's it's nothing like... Nathan Hughes, and, um, 100% yeah, with you. It's just like WP Nell and CJ Stander and loads of other ones like that. James Lowe and Jamie Jamie Gibson, Jameson Gibson Park when they're, when they're added in. You, what, are you going for your sound effect, Jay? Oh, sorry, is, is, is that on? It doesn't matter. No, 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 it's fine. So I just, yeah, I was just going to stick up for those England boys who have English parents in the case of Brad Shields and... Yeah, Brad, Brad Shields ben, is legitimate. He, he's got English heritage. And Ben Teo. Just legitimately bad as well. <laughs> and that's the problem. <laughs> he's anyway. not legitimately he is, bad. He is, he is, he is. <laughs> I mean, there's, there are... The, every professional six that I, that, I, that I speak to, and I speak to many of them now, are confused as to why that this... why. <laughs> this would be the case. I mean, they are legitimately confused. Uh, it's it's a weird selection by anyone's stretch. By any stretch. In fact, let's let's play a game. How how many other sixes are, are there out there who you'd have ahead of Brad, Brad Shields? Omani. Try just in the Premiership. <laughs> Don Armand. Hundred percent. Probably Don Armand. Mark Wilson. And then we'd have another one to legitimately moan about in terms yeah. of uh, heritage. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Wilson. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Chris John Ross? No. Get a grip. John Ross is the best out, best out, out, out the lot by country mile. <laughs> that's, out, that's outrageous. I wouldn't... No, stop it. He's a good workhorse, John Ross. John Ross is a superb player, a, a leader of men, and a great listener as well. Um, <laughs> what about uh, Rob Shaw? Yeah, I, I'd have Rob Shaw. Yeah, I probably would. Don Brandt? Would you work, rather see Don Brandt play? No. Number eight now. Uh, yeah. Dombran maybe in a year's time how about a fit and firing Jack Clifford no 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 okay, definitely yeah, I, I can I can kind of get on board with that if you'd um, have fulfilled the potential he showed as a 21 year old yes Willis if, no it, again no, nowhere near no, enough not, game tape not now well hang on yeah not enough game tape but like Brad Shields came in as a 27 year old hadn't that, played a, hadn't played a game for yeah that the All Blacks didn't actually want there's a reason they didn't that they didn't <laughs> want him um Another Curry? Brad Shields captained the winning Super Rugby season. Yeah, and they still didn't want him. <laughs> so, yeah, by the way, your assessment of John Ross is w- way off. John Ross is a good player. Way, He's a superb player. I, way off. I would prefer Brad Shields. In That's that, insane. In that game against uh, Saracens at the AJ Bell, John Ross like, put put Billy Vernapola to bed. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't After the first 10 minutes. Uh, Michael Rhodes. No. No, I prefer Shields again. Mm, I like Michael Rhodes. Oh, who's in trouble? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, he will. He will be. He, sh- he will. Be. He should be. 
So it, Rook Justice. So let's talk about the Premiership then, because the Premiership uh, was on this weekend. Yeah. So and particularly, there's a few areas of the table which are are getting very, very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. So this is right, completely um, unprompted. It wasn't planned. But last night, I, I sat in. Right? I, I did this earlier today, Jay. If I know what you're Have doing, you? trying to work, trying to war game the rest of the season, yeah, the so final six rounds. Yeah, I'll just give you my points totals. So I've done it. Okay, so I've got four more rounds of games left, and six. Oh no, because I've decided that, that, that they're already going down. So the, the next four lots of games, if I've got this right, it's Tigers twenty uh, thirty-eight. Uh, sorry, thirty-four. Worcester twenty-eight. Newcastle twenty-five. That's Correct. how it currently stands, yeah. Yeah, current position. And Bristol, 35. Yeah, so I've only done the bottom three. So I think after that, next round of games, I think Tigers will get a losing bonus point. Okay, so they'll be 35. Just play, play, jump jump ahead. Worcester, Worcester 29, Newcastle win. Jump jump ahead, yeah. rather than going go, round yeah. by round. Just jump ahead go to, to where, go where to you the see it. Well, I only got to four rounds in, 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 yeah. in the future where I get to Tigers 39, Newcastle thirty-seven, Worcester thirty, and for me, they're they're done by then with two I, rounds to go. I was saying to Phil before, before the pod when we were having a little brief chat. I I've been, I was looking at the fixtures myself, and I think Worcester. I don't. I don't think Worcester. I think the battle, the last day of the season, which I was saying I'm most so excited about. I think is going to be a battle for for fourth place to eighth place. But even fourth uh, place, those boys are pulling away now. Well, ever slightly, but but when you look at the fixtures, I'm. We'll, we'll see about that. Okay. I think Quinns could be Quinns could well be caught by Sale, for example, uh, when you look at the fixtures. But I think I don't think relegation is going to be on the line on the final day. I think last weekend um, has possibly, yeah. potentially, when you look forward, could have sealed Worcester's fate. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, Newcastle are a damn good team. That's that's the first point. Well, they're like nuggety. That they're showing the kind of yeah. mental toughness that they showed all last year and. At the start of this season, so and, just, and in Europe, yeah. Well. So let's just say they can, they would lose against the top four teams. Okay, that being, I say them, they, I mean Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Sale Sharks going to St James's Place, St James's Place, St James's Park, right? Um, is eminently winnable. So that tells me they can beat pretty much anyone. Newcastle have got Quins. Yeah. Newcastle yeah. have got Quins at home, Sale at home, um, Northampton at home, and. And Leicester, and Leicester at home, I think. Yeah. I think that's their four home... And they've got four home games out of six. Yeah. That's huge. Which are all winnable as Which well. All winnable home games. That's huge. So I think that Newcastle might be able to overtake Leicester. I just don't think Worcester can. Now, you see, Leicester have got winnable home games as well. And you, don't, and and you, and you can't underestimate the impact of Youngs, Ford, May, Tuolangi in that back line. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Tamura coming back in. Tamura. As well. I mean, they haven't had Vianu all season as well. Yeah, Genge, Genge, Genge and Cole. Cole coming back in. Yeah, so, yeah, they are they are good. So they've got winnable, very winnable home games. So yeah. Leicester are going to be fine. Leicester, Leicester aren't going to get dragged. Yeah, so, aren't going to get sucked into this. I think. But you look at Worcester's fixtures. I think. I think they're done. Well, no, obviously they're not done because any team can win on any given day. But they're in big trouble. They are. But they came back and got. Two losing bonus points yeah. against Exeter. Yeah. yeah, they did. That's a good result. So I think if they win two more, they stay up. Yes. Uh, that oh, even then, I think it's touch and go. Yeah. I think they've got a minimum of two. I mean, two plus bonus points, maybe. I think Newcastle could end up on 40 points. 
which which means Worcester need to win three, really, unless they pick up a lot of bonus points. It's, uh, it's going to be fascinating. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Worcester, definitely all my favourites. Uh, I think... How it's it's turned around unbelievably I think in the I, last fortnight. For some reason, oh, I don't know. I think... I've got, I've got a funny feeling about Tigers. Do you know when people say things are too big to fail? It just makes me think that that's sort of coming around the corner for them. Take those, take, bad. take those six England players, plug them in. They haven't got to worry about Europe. They've just got six Premiership games left in their season. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think had they not have sneaked that win over Wasps, they'd yeah. be on thirty points. They would. It would be genuine concern time for them. Yeah. I think they will be okay because they will. They will it's eke so out a couple sad. of wins. I mean, like, I, I, I do mean this. When I first started getting into rugby, Leicester Tigers, it was all about Leicester Tigers. They were amazing. And there's something which I hate about seeing rubbish Leicester Tigers teams. Like, they're just not doing... It's not the players' fault. I mean, they're not trying to be bad. I just don't <laughs> think they've, they've recruited wisely. Or the guys that they have recruited, they're putting in a poor situation by putting them all together. Well, I mean, I know Quinn's had a bad weekend this, week, <clears throat> this weekend, but you, you actually look at Quinn's without internationals going away. Yep. And when you take when you used to take out the Quinns four or five England players, they'd look a totally different team. Uh, Leicester, albeit even when they had their players, they didn't they didn't look that great in the pack particularly. They didn't. But that's a, they're replacing really, really good players with quite average ones. Mm. Yes, yeah, you're right. And they're trying to find value, aren't they? I mean I, I really liked how they kind of got three number eights to work out which one would be any good. And it hasn't particularly... Well, no, I don't know. Guy, Guy Thompson's been a good player for them, just not being on the field enough. I thought Spencer, Will Spencer, yeah, yeah, would do a really good job for them. But he's not been on the field enough. He's an enormous man, by the way. I think he yeah. will. And there's room, there's talk of Callum Green going to Callum Leicester. Callum Green has gone. That is, yeah, that is so, so Callum Green and and, and uh, Will Spencer. And Jonathan Davis. That, that sounds like a really yeah. gnarly second row. Like, that sounds like a Leicester lock. Mm. And it Jonathan does. Davis today has been linked with them as well. Yeah, JD. So that would be right, and that does make sense because they were looking to get Hugh Jones, and that failed at like the last minute. So they will reinforce, uh, but I just I, I don't I don't like watching Leicester Tigers do so poorly. Uh, and they were it's kind of just say I, I watched them on Friday. They were they were poor. Yeah, I've seen the the highlights of that. They were not good. Yeah. So uh, I'll just say a few things things about sale or one thing about sale, which is. Uh, I am very excited about the prop Val Moztoff or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. So sales scrum looked incredible against Mister 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 Deadlift. He uh, his knows, legs are unreal. I love him. I love, he a, knows good, I love a, a good set of quads. He knows about three words of English. God knows how they're getting him to do what he's doing. Deadlift. Uh, <laughs> one is deadlift. One is yeah. squat, and one is gym press. open now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's in the gym allegedly every day until five. Like he loves his gym work. Uh, Dimes in his press conference afterwards was purring about him and he doesn't speak in these glowing terms too often he looks the real deal so very very excited about that if you're a neutral and again looking at fixtures Sale have got a very very favourable fixture list they fourth is not beyond them I think it is I think it is and my criticism of them would be is they're still they've got a pack now Sale are quite a hard-working team. Like we were talking about Johnny mm. Ross and you've got the Currys. And it was Strauss is quite a hard worker at times. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you sort... Uh, Harrison is another one who does a great job. Yeah. Well, 
They've got Newcastle away, which they yeah. could go and win. Yeah. But then, bearing in mind the context of the season as it stands, they're at home to Harlequins. Mm. Yeah, so I just wonder if they won't have enough work, work rate as a unit. On the same weekend that Bath are at home to Bristol, by the way. Bath now put themselves... And Bath are coming to the AJ Bell as well. Yes, they are. Mm. So that's going to be a good game. Uh, you know, Sailor away to Worcester and then home to Bath. So they're away to Newcastle and Worcester, home to Quinns and Bath. It should be doable. They that's could they, they, they could winnable. win four games there. Yeah, all I winnable. Think, I don't think they will, though. I just don't think that I don't think they've got enough legs in in, in the pack with those guys. And, which is why out. on the last day of the season, I think they might have a shout at top four, and they are at home to Gloucester last day of the season. So when's uh, AJ back next week? Mm, that's so important. Means we're going to have to find someone else to watch the game with, <laughs> which is uh, upsetting. Um, anyway, we don't need so, to get into the fixtures, but yes. just so we touched quite a bit on Sale. We touched quite a bit on Leicester. We've not yet mentioned the two uh, last-minute wins for Newcastle and Bristol. Yes. Penalties slotted in the last minute to win by one point and two points. What happened at the end? minutes. Yeah. What happened at the end of the Northampton game? By the way, not seen it. Couldn't tell you. No, I've only seen the I've only seen the kick, the Madigan kick. But there's there's a lot of people been saying that there's loads of yellow cards given out. It sounded like it was a bit reminiscent of Worcester when they beat a Bath. Bath. Hmm. All I know, right, is that I'm slowly falling in love with this Bristol team. I absolutely love them. So it's kind of like waifs and strays and then some very, very expensive players. <laughs> yeah. That's effectively what they are. Uh, and everything about them was set up, for, set up for ridicule. Like the Bears, I mean, c- come off it. And like some of their kit looks yeah, a li- like a little bit cheesy, but the whole thing just works really well. Yeah, and I'm I was only wrong I, I was only wrong in how right I was before the season when I called them ninth and said that uh, th- their front row would be dynamite. dynamite. So I'm just I'm I'm looking at the uh, match incidents for Northampton Bristol, seventy three minutes Reinock yellow card. 76 minutes Gibson yellow card, 77 minutes Tom Wood yellow card, 81 plus one, uh, don't know why it's written like that, but 82 minutes Alex Alex Waller yellow card. So four players off when um, Piers O'Connor scores the try and then Madigan converts to to win by two points. Wow. So this is what I'm loving at at the moment. I know we've heard it before. Gotta love that, haven't is, you? Is it like oh, a, it's going again. is it like a Wurzels song? Or it something? is a Wurzels song, and what I love about it the most is like you actually need to know the words to sing it. You you can't just <laughs> you join can't in. That, yeah, you have no idea what they're saying. They've got thick accents. Uh, you've actually got to make the effort to learn the Wurzels song. Yeah. in order to sing it, it's like, brilliant. like like Gareth Ameskin did with the Welsh national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very similar. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a massive Bristol Bears fan at, at the moment. I hope they can just you know keep keep. Keep this up for a little longer. Just get safe. Two more wins. Keep paying Sir Charles and uh, Lua to her. Yeah. Uh, Reese Priesland is apparently struggling to get a contract for next season. Shock. Really? Oh, North after, Wales? After slotting uh, six penalties. Yeah. Now, I say shock, and I sound like I'm being rather harsher. What I actually mean is, 
I can't see him commanding the salary he may he might think he he might think that he deserves. Well, I think that well, yes, and he might be coming to that realization himself. He may well end up staying at Bath and doing an understudy job for someone like Andre Pollard that they're rumored to be interested in that kind of a guy. Ooh, is that who they're after? I think they're after a big name 10. It has to be weird for Bath to go for a big name. This is like <laughs> Dyson <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Di- sure Dyson and Craig money, you know, you know what I mean? Mm. It's it's uh, yeah, they're not playing games, the, are they? His checkbook is open. Um what would happen to Burns? Mm. Poor Billy. Poor Billy. Brilliant. Poor Billy if he's moved on again. Billy, Freddy. 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 Billy, Billy Burns is going yeah. nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie yeah, to true. Freddie to Ulster, maybe. Get them both there. No, because he's not Irish qualified. Yeah. Whereas Billy is, oh, but yeah. he's not. So it does make a big difference. That. Yeah. It does. Mm. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, the great win for Newcastle? Kind of mentioned that. Um, Worcester were kind of impressive to to losing bonus points. Yeah, did, that's fine. Did well to do that. Uh, yeah. Anything, anything else that stands out for anyone? Back three of Worcester is very, very good. So Bryce Heem is leaving the club next too season. Toulon, is that right? Yeah, really. Toulon. He is a hell of a runner. He is good, isn't he? Yeah, so strong and so powerful. He's massive. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. Let's wrap that up then. Yeah, um, yeah, let's, let's wrap that up. It's all, it's all Six Nations weekend mainly, isn't it? I and mean, there's no premiership next weekend, so that's all good. Right, uh, don't forget to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen and make sure you listen to the other podcast where we're going to put our blazers on and solve all rugby's problems. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.